Welcome to episode 297 of Stageworthy. I'm your host, Phil Rickaby. Stageworthy is a podcast about people in Canadian theatre featuring conversations with actors, directors, playwrights, and more. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please consider supporting it. You can do that in a few ways. You can do that by making a donation to the tip jar. I've put a link to that in the show notes, which you can find on the website or on your podcast app. Or you can buy some merch at the new online store, shop.stageworthyproductions.com. In the store, you'll find Stageworthy t-shirts, mugs, stickers, as well as merch from some of my other projects, including the much-coveted God Chose Me to Deliver His New Commandment and All I Got Was This Stupid T-Shirt t-shirt from my solo play, The Commandment. People used to ask me where they could buy one of those all the time. All your purchases and tip jar donations go towards Stageworthy and help me continue to bring you great conversations in Canadian theatre. And if you can't donate or buy from the store, please consider rating and reviewing the show. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, you can leave a review right in the podcast app. And if you don't listen on Apple Podcasts, you can still review the show by going to podchaser.com, searching for Stageworthy and rating the podcast there. Thank you for listening and thank you for your support. You can find Stageworthy on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at StageworthyPod, and you can find the website with the archive of all 297 episodes at StageworthyPodcast.com. And if you want to drop me a line, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at PhilRickaby, and my website is PhilRickaby.com. My guest this week is Aaron Jones. Aaron is the writer of Time Limits Dropped on Easter Sunday, which is presented as part of the 2021 digital edition of the Toronto Fringe. Why don't we just jump in and start talking about time limits dropped on Easter Sunday? Absolutely. I'm what, excited. What can you tell me <laughs> about time limits dropped on Easter Sunday? Um, well, uh, it it was born out of, uh, of the desire to write. And um, and it's it marks a journey in my uh, in my playwriting career, I guess I'll call it. Hmm. Um, uh, so to back up a little bit, I, I got inspired. I, it, we, we've been in COVID, um, in isolation, and I had the opportunity to go back and look at some old photos of family and things. And I was reminiscing and I found some really old vintage family photos that inspired me. Hmm. And I realized I have stories I need to tell. And the other aspect that, you know, that was the positive side. The, the other side was why did I even start writing? And I've been in theater for years and I love it. And there's been amazing experiences but at the same time, I noticed consistently a lack of respectful and relevant and positive stories that reflect our community. And that inspired me to write. I really wanted to tell untold, untold stories. And when I came across these old family photos and letters and all sorts of wonderful historical things, it made me think, wow, there's the stories. There they are, and they're based in humanity and in universal themes. And I really wanted to create stories that 
um, create solid parts for women and for BIPOC artists. That's really important to me that, that we reflect what our wonderful Canadian society looks like and, and to be respectful of that and to humanize those roles, um, not base them in oppression and, and things like that. So that's kind of where it started. And then, you know, as I was continuing to write and I saw that there was an opportunity to, uh, you know, to put in a space for the fringe and I saw the, the, you know, the new world, our new normal it inspired me to write a play, especially for the fringe using the digital platform. And I guess with all the themes going on in my head from the various things I was writing, uh, time limits uh, dropped on Easter Sunday kind of was born the characters were born um and uh because i wanted something we could do in a digital format um but then i don't know i'm trying to think like what i think it was because i've been a part of some writers groups that were really inspirational and sometimes you get a prompt you know things that just inspire you and at first i was i was not too keen on one of the prompts I got. I mm. actually think there was a few. One was um, doing something that was magical, assigning magical properties to uh, to to uh, objects, mm. and the other was imagining a future, you know, a different future. And mm. I and both of those, I thought, oh, this is challenging. Oh, and I <laughs> I don't write sci-fi. I don't, you know, I don't write futuristic things. But then. I thought, take the challenge. Mm. And I dove in. And next thing you know, I was like, I love this. <laughs> <laughs> and so I think all of that combined created this story. Um, and I and I wanted to root it in in things that were universal, mm. um, but told from perspectives of, of of a multitude of characters with different backgrounds. And um, so it's basically for... Uh, people that come together that are grieving. They are part of a bereavement group and they're now in isolation. That, um, and I don't necessarily get into the details about the pandemic, but they can't come together in person. So they come together online mm. and they decide to honor their loved ones. But through a series of, of things happening, um, they, they decide to uh, animate some photos of loved ones and things start to happen that they don't anticipate. And it gives them a chance to say the things they wanted to say or needed to say uh, to their loved ones uh, one more time. So that's kind of where I'll leave it. Cause I hmm. recognize I'm just chatting away. No, no, no. It's great. <laughs> it's great. Um, what I mean, as as something that was that was you know you you created this to be digital, mm -hmm. but what was that like? What did you have? What the process of writing something for digital? What were you thinking about? What was what was your learning curve mm. for doing things in a digital manner? How 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 was that process? Oh my goodness, we, we I think we've been learning in real time. Um, mm -hmm. I've been I've been just so incredibly blessed. I'm surprised I'm hearing myself say that, but that's wonderful. <laughs> um, that things have just kind of fallen into place. Mm. And um, I've, I've done some play readings online. Mm. And so through that, 
I could see what was translating and what was not. And I've supported a lot of artists and, and looked at their work over the last year to see how they have adapted their scripts mm-hmm. to, to a digital format. And, um, and I also started doing some digital storytelling on, on, on my own as well. Mm. And through all of that, that was good lessons learned of what, what works, what doesn't, what can you adapt? Um, you know, and, and how can we optimize this platform as opposed to kind of using it as a substitute? How can we make it actually work for us? And, and it's not film. I still want to honor yeah, stage yeah, yeah, yeah. live performance. So the beautiful thing about writing and, and workshopping, and I've had some great colleagues who said, okay, you got something, you better mm. workshop this now. And I'm like, do I have to? Because <laughs> that's, you know, we get nervous about sharing our work. Um, but then it came together. Like I said, things kind of fell into place. Um, some wonderful people came out to help me workshop the the script. And, um, and I listened carefully to the feedback and I tried to practice what I, you know, was thinking about in my head, the practice, what you preach of, I want this to reflect our community and I want people at the table who reflect our community. So I, I wrote very deliberately mm. for different characters with different backgrounds, mm. BIPOC characters, but characters people can relate to no matter what their background is. Because mm. to me, that's our, that's our world. And um, I also wanted to root it in some Canadian Black history. So I started doing some extensive research and had some great support on that as well. Um, so I went back through some family letters and, mm. you know, things that I could, you know, they say, write what you know. Mm. Um, but then I also did some extensive research. And um, so that helped inform some of the characters. Mm-hmm. And um, and then through the workshopping process, um, uh, the, the, the individuals involved have been wonderful. The feedback that I got. Mm was just what a journey. Oh, mm. Phil, what a journey. Mm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think of it. I I wrote the I wrote a, a slightly different play initially. Um and uh, I had a vision of how I wanted it to go. And I don't want to give mm. too much away cuz I'm hoping people will, you know, be inspired to, <laughs> to to see it. Um but what really inspired me was how people connected to the characters. Mm. And um and when I was asking for feedback and, you know, people either told me during the, the, the process when we were meeting or they would follow up with these detailed notes, which were actually fabulous. Mm. They, they, they were just really beautifully done. And some folks made a case for certain characters. It was wonderful. They were, they, they just, they, they made their case and why they needed something to happen for that character. And it really challenged me to think about it. And, and the play became richer and more in depth because of those, those pieces. And so I had a, a second workshop as a result. So the same people who gave all that rich, wonderful feedback could have an opportunity to, to see where it went. Hmm. And that was such a wonderful process because, um, it was nice to see when people are acknowledged and their feedback is honored. Mm-hmm. Um, it does make for a better script and it, 
And it also is being respectful of the people that you are engaging with. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Mm -hmm. so that's been a great lesson to me in this process Mm. is, is, you know, take your ego off and listen Mm. to the feedback, right? (laughs) Because sometimes it's hard. You go, oh, but I I wanted to go in this direction, but, you know, they're, they're giving me some good things to think about and challenging me. And, and then there was feedback from the character side, but then also from a logistics side of how Mm. do we make this work on a digital platform? And that in itself was phenomenal because um, even when we were going through rehearsals, um, I think the director, Meg Gibson and and myself realized that we, we were just going to have to be very flexible and, um, you know, and it's the fringe. This is a nice opportunity when you're engaging with your cast and, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you may make changes along the way. And we did. We didn't make a lot of changes, but, um, you know, maybe at the time they may have felt like it because it's like, oh, I have to adapt something. But, you know, it wasn't in the, in the scheme of things, they were not major changes. Hmm. And um, everyone stepped up to the plate. And the key learnings, coming back to your question of, you know, the things we had to learn um as as actors um the collective group we had to be our own technicians and we had to be our own costume people and we had to be our own prop master um you know all all of those things we had to juggle Mm -hmm. um we had to be our you know kind of self stage manage in many ways too um because we're we're in individual spaces we Mm -hmm. wanted to uphold the you know the safety protocols for the pandemic so mm-hmm. it made sense to perform in our own spaces and and just to see the creativity and people stepping up yeah. um creating a space that could tell the story in the background and um one actor in particular had to completely reorganize his space oh. <laughs> um and that in itself i wish we we had that on uh, you know on tape because the journey one of those you know mm. behind making of behind the scenes was mm. just so wonderful and inspiring to watch everybody transforming whether mm. it was their clothing and we had a wonderful costume consultant um andra bradish gave us some great tips on you know what we needed to do for costumes and things Mm. um so just just a fabulous team of people that i can't sing the praises of enough but just the fact that everybody was going the extra mile to just adapt their spaces and and check their sound check their equipment we had a few technical glitches along the way as well but um you know everyone um was stepping up to support one another um Thank goodness for being able to self-teach now, you know, with things like YouTube, you know, so if we weren't sure how to do something, you know, we were busy looking up how to, you know, anticipate and and resolve any technical issues. Um, you know, so I think when I look back on this years later, I'm probably going to go, how did we pull that off? <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, I'm, and I'm, you know, we're still in the process of finishing a few things because the, the fringe opens on the 21st of July. And, um, so there's a lot of technical things in the background to make sure that any of our recordings are accessible yeah. and closed captioned. 
So that's a whole new learning too of learning yeah. how to do that, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. And the post production is fantastic. Yeah. I can't believe I'm telling you that because <laughs> <laughs> it's hours and hours of work. Mm. But you know, again, cons- consulting with people and and another um, great partner on this has been Marcus Cage, who's been uh, supporting the editing process on this. And we talked about how much time we would need and we reverse engineered it so that Mm. we knew when we needed to start um, rehearsals and finish them in order to have time for um, the the post-production piece. So there's so much planning has gone into it. And Mm. I'm really glad that I was inspired even before I knew I had a space in the fringe, I, mm. I was writing. I just, I just thought I, I, at least I'll have the script for something sometime. Yes. Yeah. And it was a good thing that I did because then we were able to land on our feet running pretty quickly. Um, and, um, you know, and I really hope audiences will enjoy it as much as I've enjoyed the journey. Mm. <laughs> and I'm so glad to say that because I've had to watch it millions of times now. Of course. Um, yeah. For, for, you know, as we've been editing and each time I watch it and usually I can't watch things a lot of times. And especially mm. if I've had a hand in it, I mm-hmm. don't want to watch it. And yet the journey has just been so positive that um, I, I can remove myself from it enough to look at it as, as if I was just watching, um, you know, an episode of the twilight zone or something. Um, so yeah, I've just, I've really enjoyed the process and, um, it's inspired me. So I'm like ready for like, what's next. Yeah. And, and I need to finish those other scripts that I have. Uh (laughs) Yeah. There's something I'm so impressed by the fact that you sort of like built something specific for the digital, the digital venue, because, I think so often people, especially early in the pandemic, I think we're seeing more things now mm-hmm. that were are created for digital. But a lot mm-hmm. of times it was, I'm presenting this, I'm dusting off this old script, which was not meant to be done in a digital format, but we're going to do our best. And it never quite works because it wasn't adapted. Because I think we were figuring out, like, what does yeah. theater in the digital sphere look like? But we're... I'm always impressed by by every person who I swear a year and six months ago would have sweat would have said, I'm just not technical enough to do anything online, <laughs> who are now wizards at doing things online. Oh, absolutely. Well, you know, going in, we, we you know, it was funny that uh as I was starting to pull a team together. We, we all said, yeah, I don't have the technical know-how for this, but somehow we all had that, that spark to just say, you know what? We're all in. We're going to take the risk mm. and we're going to learn as we go. And it doesn't have to be perfect because mm. we recognize, you know, live theater is not perfect. Every night you perform is different. Mm. And, um, and sometimes actors will make mistakes, but as you bond as a cast and have that ensemble, you support each other. So sometimes those mistakes are actually golden moments mm-hmm. where the actors work together. And so I guess that must have all been back in my subconscious when I wrote this because I really wanted to honor that it was still stage, that it was still theater, um, but just a different uh, mode of doing it. And um, 
Meg, our director, I think she and I were in sync because we we did the rehearsals as as if they were live performances, like mm-hmm. regular rehearsals, except we're just separated, you know, in a different way. And I'm really proud of the fact that when when you look at the end product, uh, there there was really just one cut in it. It it was performed in real time uh, with all the actors performing with each other. They weren't, you know, like in films sometimes where people film their spots separately. Right, right, right. And, you know, so they were performing with each other and there mm. were still challenges, you know, looking at the camera instead yeah. of looking at the person was an adjustment for all of us or trying to figure out where to look, you know, could be challenging. Um, so the, all of those pieces as we rehearsed, we were working those pieces out. And, but I'm so proud because when I look at the, you know, when I look at the, the recorded pieces now, I'm like, look at how everybody was working off of one another, even when they couldn't necessarily see one another. Yeah. Or when something would happen and you just, you knew it was happening, but you couldn't see it. So you had to just, you know, use, take that leap of faith. And I'm so proud of everyone because their reactions and their intentions, all of the pieces just are coming together so beautifully. Um, and, and how we just learned, you know, while we couldn't always perform like we were used to, we did all work with each other and learn each other's style mm-hmm. and, and strengths and work with one another. Um, and there's just, there's some moments where I, I still like, people are going to think I'm crazy because I'll start giggling in the middle, middle of something I'm watching <laughs> because I'm seeing a golden moment from uh, that an actor is delivering. Mm. And, uh, and I'm just like, Oh, look at that little subtlety. It just, it's been such a great learning curve and, and, and being able to bridge the gap between film and stage. Mm. And I, I'd really, I'm quite pleased with how we, we kept it honoring live performance and um, and and now our editor did work some beautiful magic and has done some brilliant editing um, and special effects and sound Mm -hmm. and things like that Um, it's not unlike when you know when we're actually on the stage and there's some wonderful sound effects or lighting and things like that Um, so so very similar but just using different technology and, I do uh, think that that, that kind yeah. of that kind of thing is is important because so many people spend their days in virtual meetings right now. And that's, you know, day after day after day. And we need something if we're going to present theater in a virtual sphere that mm-hmm. makes it feel like it's not just another Zoom meeting because then the the viewer's brain can't quite make the leap to ah this is entertainment now and mm-hmm. so to have those surprises to have some some editing all of that stuff adds to the adds to the the production so that your audience member can feel like oh i'm being entertained right now this is not another one of my work meetings absolutely and you know and i i i feel we've achieved that i wanted to say i hope we've achieved that but you know, my 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 <laughs> feeling from looking at it is that yeah, I've looked at this so many times and I enjoy it, mm. and that and that, I feel weird saying that because I wrote <laughs> this thing too. Um, so I'm I'm really glad that 
you know, at least I'm, I'm having a positive journey through this at least. Yeah. And I really hope that our audiences will too. Um, I, and I, 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 I really think it comes down to having a really great ensemble of people mm -hmm. that we, it, and it's funny how it grew. I was trying to keep the numbers small. So lessons learned of what you can achieve. Sometimes I was mm -hmm. trying to keep the cast small, but as the story began to unfold, more and more characters were, mm. were starting to, to form. Mm -hmm. And, and some of that glorious feedback from the workshop, um, also helped kind of channel where we were going with things. Mm. So we do have a cast of nine. Oh. And, um, but you know, when I look at it, I'm like, yeah, that works. Yeah. yeah. That, that's where it needs to be. And, uh, um, they just, the things that they brought to the table mm. were just, I, you know, I hope they'll be happy with me just singing their praises because I, I was just so pleased with how everyone just formed such chemistry. Um, we, we have, um, uh, Twain Ward who, uh, who plays one of the, uh, the grieving participants and he just brings all these different levels and some comedy to the, to the, the role and um and Olivia John who brings such authenticity and and sweetness and vulnerability to her character and uh, Kate McKim who who uh brings a strength and a fortitude to her character um that keeps the others in check and uh, you know and I and I could keep going um uh, uh Lesman brings um uh, an old school style to his character that that just gives it an authenticity and a, and an empathy. His empathy, oh, I just yeah, <laughs> his empathy was wonderful. Um, we have uh, Janie Joan Watts who uh, plays Carly and she brings a vulnerability, but an inner strength and a sweetness um, and a maternal instinct from Paula Wilkie. Um, she she's just phenomenal and um and a, a special shout out to georgia grant who um we had two characters that had to kind of mirror each other's behaviors mm. and just to see her to her do that and some of the mm. the energy and the the sweetness that she brought to the character um to bring the story full circle um just just you know, sometimes mm. you can write something, but then you see how people bring it alive mm -hmm, and the extra mm -hmm. things they bring to it. And um, and then, of course, our director, who kept bringing moments of genius to the mm. table. Uh, mm. We were trying to think about not doing too much stuff in post-production because we knew it would already be a lot of work. And, and again, trying to honor live production how would we do this in in real time and space? So a lot of the effects that are in the play are practical effects as opposed to added. There, there are some added effects. That's absolutely true. But there are so many. If people knew just the ingenious things that, that Meg was working on in the background to, you know, that are real and not, you know, computer simulated, um, I think they would be amazed. Sort of like when you look at the behind the scenes of Forrest Gump, 
Uh-huh. That that was a special effect. They did that, yeah. you know. So in this case of that, that was performed in real time. Mm. Wow, mm. you know. So, and the actors, I've got to, I've got to um, just give it to everyone too, because when we realized how we could play with the form we were using, all the actors pitched in to contribute to the effects. Um, by, mm. you know, operating their systems accordingly. Mm. And we had to time it and rehearse it over and over. Um, so, you know, yeah, so a lot of the effects are have work could like, as they call practical effects, you know, it's like if a phone is ringing, is it really ringing or is it a sound effect? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, so anyway, I, you know, I'll take a breath there because I, I hear myself and I'm so glad to hear how excited I am. By yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, if you, if you, at this point, if you can't be excited about the thing you've been working on, there's a serious problem and it's exactly. really good that you're that excited about it. I, I would like to, to take a little bit of a turn and, and, and talk about um, your theater origin story and, mm. and what drew you to the theater. And so it, just, just tell me about, tell me about that. Tell me about, about your, your, your theater experience, your theater love, all of it. Oh my goodness. I have loved theater probably from um, infancy. Um, I still remember being in kindergarten after my mom took me to see a, a musical and I was, you know, telling the class about it and trying to, to imitate it. And, you know, and I think that was it. I got the bug. Um but, you know, I started off um, uh, doing community theater and loving it, um, having many great experiences. And, um, and it, it, as I got involved, um, there were just other things that were available to do. So I began wearing many hats. So I've, I've performed on stage. I've served on boards. Um, I've been on uh, director hiring committees. I've participated in play reading committees. Um, I've done the PR um, for for theater groups, and I've uh, also supported outreach in the community. And uh, so, you know, all those things over the years, um, I guess, are you know, kind of coming to play now. But it's just my love of theater and wanting to keep it alive and thriving that just inspired me to get involved in so many different ways. And um, I think I mentioned earlier too, just seeing the lack of good roles, you know, over the years for, they, they say for, you know, every um, uh, female part out there, you know, there's many, many, many women that are out there to audition, um, at least in community theater. And, you know, whereas there's often a shortage of men and plentiful roles for men. Mm-hmm. And I, I just got tired of, you know, going, oh, well, that's just sort of the side character. And (laughs) that's the side character, the girlfriend that comes in once at the end or something, or, you know, being on play reading committees and um, uh, the, the plays that come through often, they, they sort of cycle the same things, and, um, and some, some of those can be very good. So I don't want to, I don't want to, paint a negative brush on it. But what I really wanted to see were stories that I could relate to, that I could see others relate to, 
We have a lot of young people that are up and coming in theater, um, student volunteers. And I think it's important for them to see characters that reflect their community and their experience mm. and inspire them to be on the stage. And, and, you know, I think we're hearing it more and more now where people say, I need to see people in film and theater that look like me, mm-hmm. you know? So, uh, you know, so that, that's something that I've seen over the years that I just wanted to see stories told that were not getting told and, yeah. and based in humanity and yeah. excellence and love, like positive things. We don't need to just see stories about oppression um, that's, that's, you know, the, the trauma is not entertainment. So it, you know, the, pe- people have lives in so many different facets. So I think we can reflect that in our stories too. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. but that's, no, no. you know, yeah. that's a, that's a bit of the catalyst of how I got from point A to point B. So, yeah. and yeah. if you saw some of the lovely letters that I discovered, um, from family, you know, there's stories there. There are wonderful journeys and stories Mm. that I thought, yeah, that inspires me. I want Mm. to preserve that. Yeah. I mean, we we know how important representation is. We've seen it Mm -hmm. so many times and how how important uh, uh, movies, let's say, for example, a movie like The Black Panther. Black Mm -hmm. Panther is like that having a a black superhero and that hero with such 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 uh, 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 regal bearing and so so caring and like just such a such a wonderful full rich character embraced by by the world um that's that like that kind of representation is so important because I've been thinking a lot lately about all of the representation that I saw in film and television for most of my life of people of color. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, and I think that 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 it's again, this is this is one of the problems when when old white men write a lot of uh, a lot of <laughs> media that we consume is that we end up with uh, 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 television and film and plays where uh, 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 black people, indigenous people, people of color find themselves relegated to minor roles or criminal roles or whatever it is mm-hmm. instead of like actual lives that they live every day. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as as um, bringing this 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 play to life, um, can you think of something that was that you found to be the biggest challenge of of bringing this 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 digital play to life? Hmm. You you know, the interesting thing is is. For the biggest challenge, I think, was overcoming negative rhetoric. Um, the the gaslighting that can happen. Oh, oh, you're not experienced enough to write. Mm. Um, mm. you you don't know how to do that. Or, um, you know, when when I've tried to bring forward other stories and things like that, um, there is a a misperception that they're not out there, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they are. Um, yeah. You know, and there's a, there's especially now there's so many wonderful artists out there. There's indigenous stories that are being mm-hmm. told. There's um, there's all sorts of wonderful stories that focus on the Asian community and the LGBTQ community, and they're and they're wonderful universal stories. They're not just targeting you know a specific group. 
and you know the the key is is consultation and patience um and i found that for myself too that as i was writing i i realized how important it was to bring people to the table who could speak from life experience and to and to take any of my own blinders off and just listen and see how I can better inform what I'm writing. And, and as a result, the story did expand um, because I wanted the story to be inclusive of BIPOC and ACPI and LGBTQ. Um, so, it, you know, I think that, it, if anything, it, it, it felt like it was a barrier, but it wasn't. It just meant just open up to talking to people and, and asking them if they'd like to be at the table. And, um, you know, but, and I realize I still have a learning journey on this too, because I, I recognize I bring my lens and Mm. my lens is not the only lens, you know, and everybody has different lived experience. And, and it was interesting too, as people read um, the play and other scripts that I've written to listen to people's reactions. And um, for the most part, there were some really lovely universal things. And and an interesting point was that one of the very first things I wrote and reluctantly shared in a writing group, it brought a whole bunch of people to tears. <laughs> I'm, still, I'm still shocked by that moment mm. where everybody's there and they're wiping their eyes. And I'm like, <laughs> what? What did I write? What did mm. I do that triggered that? And if anything, it made me realize keep writing mm-hmm. um, because, you know, I, I touched on something that people could relate to. And, um, you know, so that that was actually a turning point of like, mm. yeah, keep going. Um, but the barriers, I think, I think this just the protectiveness that we each hold, letting that go is so mm. important, uh, you know, because people are going to interpret things differently. Um, but it's important to honor lived experience and, um, and to get out of this, um, seems like some, some artists tend to get trapped in, uh, thinking of, uh, the stories always have to be, uh, based in something negative and something mm. oppressive, and uh, that, to me, that is a barrier. That is a trap. Is we also have to think about uh, the, the, our, our existing artist pool, as well as our emerging and up-and-coming artists. What's going to inspire them to stay in theater? And asking uh, young BIPOC artists to take on roles that are demeaning or oppressive is not going to attract them. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, th- there's some things that, that are important stories to tell, um, but they're not, uh, oppressive stories are not the only stories. And we have to be careful of what we're trying to put out there. And, you know, the, the humanity, I think to me, that's, that's kind of my root in writing is I want to base it in humanity, no matter who the person is. What is their humanity? What is their achievement? What is their, you know, what inspires them? Um, family, love, um, you know, all those universal pieces, um, because people relate to that no matter where they're from. 
and um, and it humanizes. And I guess that to me is you know something that it's important that I write. I don't want to write characters as uh, cartoons or write humor at the expense of any one group. Um, so, you know, so those are all the, my personal goals you know? yeah. <laughs> like when I write, yeah. those are things that I want to make sure I honor, um, and still keep it entertaining. Mm-hmm. You know? And, mm-hmm. uh, and, and that's to me, that's a good challenge to have mm-hmm. is, is to challenge yourself of, yeah, I want some humor in this, but not at the expense of, of, of females or of, of any particular group, you know, I because I think we've all seen enough plays like that. And mm-hmm. um, a really good mentor once said, "There are plays that are period pieces, and then there are some plays that need to be shelved." <laughs> mm-hmm. And yeah. you know, so I I think that's always stayed with me. Going, yeah, mm. yeah, I I I want to have something that can be held timeless mm. and be respectful and uh, not for shock value. So mm-hmm. anyway, that I hope that makes some sense. Yeah, no, it does. It <laughs> does. Um as far as 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 putting this 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 production together, um what's what surprised you the most about about this play? Hmm. I think I've shared a ton of those. The fact that I'm still enjoying it this, you know, this far along. Um, And uh, I think I know what's really surprises me in that Mm. it's, you know, when, as I've been going, wearing many hats and trying to think, how are we going to promote the play and how am I going to describe it? And realizing all the themes and the levels that are in it. um, I wrote it to, just honor loved ones. I think that was my first goal. Um, and as I said, you know, like preserve things that are important. Mm. And so um, themes of love and grief, loss, forgiveness, intersectionality, uh, elder care, mm. even domestic abuse and, and healing. Mm-hmm, and that mm-hmm. surprised me through the process of, yeah, look at the journey that, mm. you know, it, it went in so many themes and levels um, and then on top of that, putting the layers of it's a little bit sci-fi, you know, mm. it's a little bit mm. drama, it's a little bit comedy, it's a mm. little bit thriller. Um, that, you know, I, I, I look at it and think, wow, how did, how did we end up pulling all of this together? <laughs> um, you know, and I'm, when I try to think of, um, other stage productions, um, usually they fall under, you know, comedy, drama, mm. farce, um, occasionally thriller, um, occasionally like a detective piece. Um, so I'm, I'm really quite surprised and proud that I'm thinking, yeah, it's kind of this, this unique space. And, um, and I think, you know, the other surprise for me is I guess I'm, I'm, much more of a fan of Jordan Peele than I realized because, you know, I love some of the, the work that he's done um, and uh, like get out and us and, you know, and realizing how much I'm enjoying writing in that realm. Mm. So, you know, and I still, I still have other pieces that are going to be based more in historical um, history, 
that I want to continue writing, but you know, this, this has been really enjoyable. And, uh, I think I have to, you know, it's telling me I have a continued journey to make here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I hope I'm answering your question. Of course you are. Excited. Of course you are. No, no, no. no, no. I get no. excited by this. <laughs> no, absolutely. You are, you're absolutely answering my question. Um, one of the questions that I've been asking everyone, uh, since the, since March last year is a question about, about joy, because we all, throughout this pandemic have had our highs and our lows. We've had our days when we're doom scrolling and think the world is ending <laughs> to the days when we, when we, you know, we're elated at, 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 at possible hope for reopening or whatever that might be. Mm-hmm. So I like to ask people to share with me something that has given them joy throughout the pandemic or recently, whichever they prefer. So for you, tell me about something that's been giving you joy. You know, it, it has been writing. It has been interacting with other writers and um, just taking some risks, but being in places where it's safe to do so. Um, and I mean like writing risks, not COVID risks. And the, the other it's, it's, Surprising that as much as I, I'd rather see people in real time in space, and you know, it, there's there's so many things that we we miss in that. There's new opportunities that have opened themselves up in this very strange time that we're in, and that's um, being able to reach uh, across globally. So I've been able to interact with people in across the pond in different time mm-hmm. zones mm-hmm. and and get their perspectives on you know things that we're writing and different ideas that I would have probably never had had this all not happened and even in our our play um you know I can now proudly say we have actors that are local and from across Canada involved right. in it so you know again that may not have ever had a ha- chance to happen mm-hmm. had we not had to adapt to a new reality and all of that is in its own way giving me a lot of joy is just mm. uh, being able to kind of stop and go okay I, I've, I'm I'm going to do this a little bit differently and mm. um but yeah, um, the storytelling and um, getting lost in the characters, mm. sometimes they write the story. Mm-hmm. If I just, you know, I've, I've thought them through, I've done the development and, and I can kind of have that conversation with them so that, that the story gets told. And in that space, I don't know, this may sound weird because I'm still figuring it out. It's still, I'm still, you know, a new playwright. So um, I find great joy in that. And, um, and there's pain too, because sometimes I'm like, oh, I'm just stuck on a point. How do I deal with this? Oh, (laughs) and then, but that interaction with others has been so joyful because sometimes, you know, through the process of dramaturgy, um, you know, a, a, a respected playwright or a colleague can ask just that right question to challenge you. And, you know, and at first it's a bit painful, but that it's good it's a good process because it's like, Oh, there it is. There's that missing piece. Mm. Um, You know, and it, it, you know, even, yeah, even when you get constructive feedback on something, it just can be just amazing because 
it, you know, they say, what's that saying about something can be the greater than the sum of its parts. Mm -hmm. So, um, so I'm finding great joy in that. And, you know, it's, and, you know, and, and completely outside of, of writing, um, remembering nature, Mm. just, you know, being grateful for nature. And the one thing I do miss at the beginning of the pandemic is when everything stopped yeah. and the animals came out and mm. the air was cleaner. Yeah. yeah. And, and worldwide we were hearing about, you know, animals showing up in downtown cities and, or, you know, um, lakes being the clearest they've ever been. Yeah. Um, so I, I miss that um, because as the world starts to, you know, get back into some kind of, um, you know, just a, a pace, um, I, I don't want us to lose that. That that gives me some joy of just touching ba- back with nature. Yeah. So. I think there's like a lesson that in all of that, the, the you know, when, when we were quiet, when we were too afraid to go out, when we were staying in our homes – and how quiet and peaceful the cities got, how the animals came out, how clean the air was, how clean the water was. There's a lesson there that we're mostly not listening to because we're mm-hmm. just like, I just want to get back to having a haircut. Yeah. <laughs> yep, so true. So true. So I, I, I think at least, you know, I, I'm going to try and carry that lesson um, for myself. Mm. And, uh, and, and who knows that, especially now that we've talked about it too, I'm thinking, how do I embrace this in my next story? Yes. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah absolutely. So, but that's, that's the, the beauty of it. Sometimes mm-hmm. through some great dialogues and, and, and different experiences and being open to other people's experiences, these rich and beautiful stories come out. So, mm. So, uh, so yeah, so I'm, I'm quite grateful that, you know, as much as I, I don't like how we've had to come to all of this, I am grateful for that quiet time that it allowed Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, and the discovery of, of playwriting and, 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 and I think the other thing is for all of us, you know, when we're itchy and we're like, I want to get on stage, I miss, I even miss auditions, you know, (laughs) um, you know, being able to still contribute creatively is, is a joy. So mm. those, those are, you know, kind of the, hopefully that's helpful to others. You know, Absolutely. Just, I Absolutely. find, you know, we all find our own way, yeah. but um, it's, it's nice when you can share. Absolutely. Aaron, thank you so much for this. This has been a wonderful conversation. I really appreciate you making the time for me today. Oh, thank you so much. 